0: Welcome to Bridging Chicago, a podcast that aims to connect our listeners to Chicago's business, community, cultural, and charity leaders, brought to you by the SATC Solutions Center. You can connect with us on Instagram or Twitter, where our handle is, at Bridging Chicago. For more information, including our email, visit us online at satcsolutions.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe to Bridging Chicago on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. We've been so excited in this season to have a lot of local businesses, especially small businesses here in Chicago. Uh, This month we interviewed the owners of the Chicago Coffee app. We started an app that will highlight local coffee shops. We also talked to the owner of Dollop, the coffee shop here in Chicago, and Back of the Yards Coffee House uh, there in Back of the Yards neighborhood here in Chicago. So we are continuing our local theme and our beverage theme uh, with Molly Motelski, who is the co-founder of Mm, Just Enjoy Wine. Did I get that right?
0: That is correct, yes. It's uh, always funny to see how different people Look at the label
1: and, and create um, yeah. a, their
0: their, their. <laughs> version of of what uh, what the name yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> all right,
1: there we go. Yeah, pretty smart. close then, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I met Molly at an event that I went to um, celebrating Sugar Bliss, who just launched their cookies into local Walgreens stores. And at their launch party for that, uh, you had your wine there, sharing it with the attendees. And I thought. This is really good. We gotta we gotta see if we can talk to this person because I really wanted to hear your story.
0: Well, thank you. Yes, I was uh, very happy to have been able to work with uh, Teresa. Uh, we actually met at Vibes, which is a local um, workout uh, place, oh, cool. and um, led by an, uh, some more wonderful female entrepreneurs yeah. and the um, the event manager was actually the one who got us together who used to be in the food and beverage industry oh, okay. and um, so she connected us and so that's kind of how it started.
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That brings like a thousand questions I could ask but we always start with your Chicago story. So let's start there. Tell us, uh, did, did you, were you born and raised here? Did you move here at some point? Tell us your Chicago story.
0: Sure. So I grew up in uh, Texas actually, Fort Worth Ellis okay. area. Um, lived there all of my childhood, went to university in Denver. Um, at, I went to culinary school at uh, Johnson Wales University. And then from there, I started working for Marriott Corporate um, on their operations support resources team, uh, traveling all around the country. And um, uh, during that time, I would do different assignments in, in um, various uh, hotels. And I ended up here, um, I think it was September of 2011 possibly um, somewhere out in there for sure it was September and um, it was beautiful of course uh, <laughs> September in, in Chicago is one of my favorite months yeah. and fell in love with the the city uh wasn't ready to you know uh leave my my position at the time but whenever it was uh came to that moment whenever i was looking for a permanent home because i was living out of a suitcase uh for two and a half years um chicago really stood out to me um i loved the food and beverage scene i loved Mm -hmm. that it was a large city but it was midwestern hospitality very welcoming and um so that was kind of what drew me here uh of course i arrived in february of one of the worst winters <laughs> it was like was negative the three. Or the, uh... It was. Um, i think it was 2013 but okay. i don't um quote me on that but it was like i remember um my car wouldn't start it yeah. was like uh, you know once the wit- with the windshield was in the negative um yeah, yeah. like it was uh, it was a a strong uh, welcome to Chicago. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but here I am still, uh, yeah. still kicking about ten years later so.
1: Yeah, uh, that's so interesting. I always like to ask people who come here from other places, you mentioned that the Midwestern roots, the sort of Midwestern feel of the city. I grew up in a very small town here in Illinois so I see it as a big city that's very different from my small town, but for you um the chicago vibe what do you think uh really stood out to you most when you first moved here
0: um well the the first thing was just really the warm welcome um um, i don't want to say anything negative about any other city um because i love a lot of other um, large cities but they can be a bit overwhelming um it takes a bit of time to adapt and acclimate yourself to Those cities where as I felt like, um, even in the short time, whenever I originally came here for a couple weeks, I already felt as part of the community, okay. um, or at least like that I would be welcome if I stayed. Um, and I didn't always feel that um, at other locations that I, um, I had assignments. Again, those were always, um, short assignments, so I, I don't want to, like, say something specifically yeah. about them, but, but, you know, it was just something that, uh, that, that warm hospitality, um, and then, of course, like, just having the great food and beverage scene, um, without the capacity of, of New York City, you know, New York City, of course, has a, a wonderful food and, uh, beverage scene, but it's, it's vast, and yeah. so this still felt, Um, small enough that it was, like, manageable, you know, that you could um, absorb it. And then, of course, um, also just the cleanliness and the (laughs) the beauty of the city. Uh, The architecture, you know, went on the architecture tour and, of course, fell in love with that. You know, you you have the river, you have the lake, um, and people are very active. So there's a lot of of aspects that drew me to Chicago.
1: Yeah, architecture tour is a must-do for people when they come here, even if they're just visiting. I think it's one of those things. not cheap, but worth worth the money for the experience.
0: Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I did work in the food and beverage industry for a little bit as a server. It's a tough, tough industry and um, I don't know if you've seen the bear. I think is called the new show. Uh,
0: I actually have not yet. Um, a lot okay. of my friends in the hospitality industry said it was a little bit triggering, so it <laughs> kind of worried <laughs> that me. But I, but you I really. still I would like to watch it. And, and admittedly, I'm not a huge movie person, so yeah. I just like haven't. I think you know once we get into you know January, February, in hibernation mode, um, I'll like, I'll catch yeah. up on some movies.
1: Yeah, I've heard it's it's pretty good, but um, it does highlight. It is difficult to work in the industry. There, there are unique things about it. For you, um, what was your experience in the industry? And then, are there things about it that you think would be good for other people to learn?
0: <sighs> That's a. It's a. Um... Um. And it's, it's, it's a difficult question to answer because there's so many um, layers and yeah. things like that. Um, I am where I am today because of uh, the, this uh, industry and working um, in corporations and um, learning uh, a lot. I think that I was sheltered in some ways because I worked in uh, mostly hotels. Um, and or prior to hotels, um, large larger organizations like um, Darden, uh, where there's a lot of um, processes in place and, and HR okay. and these kinds of things, where it's not yeah. not all um, hospitality organizations have these. Yeah. Um, that being said, it is a lot of hours. It is um, draining. Of course, uh, you know holidays uh, for me. Um, rarely existed um, yeah. I learned to navigate through that though because you know for me if I celebrate on another day uh, and get to spend time with family it's not it doesn't matter if it's uh, you know on that specific holiday or if yeah. it's you know two weeks later or yeah. even a month later um, okay. and and even in, in certain times I actually enjoyed working on the holidays because I felt um, uh, empathy for the individuals sure. who are staying at the hotel uh, because of course we are open 365 right. days breakfast, lunch, dinner. <laughs> um, and so, you know, if they were in, in the restaurant, which is where, you know, I spent most of my, um, my career, um, in, in the restaurants and, and, uh, kind of events and banquets, um, that I could help make their holiday a little bit, yeah. a little bit brighter. Yeah. Um, you do have to, I mean, I think that there are a lot of, uh, measures that are happening right now that are helping to, Uh, make the hospitality industry a little bit um better but it is a work in progress for sure and there's still a lot to be done um but it's also something that um I I am very passionate about I, I love um it and and getting to meet individuals every day and and hopefully um making their day a little brighter is, is something that is uh, is the part that I enjoy the most. In fact, I, whenever I got into the hospitality industry, the first position was a, a host, and I learned how um, valuable that position is and yeah. how you can really set the tone yeah. uh, for their experience. And then also, before they leave, you're the last person that they see, yeah. and making sure that they leave um, am happy. So. Um, so yes, I could definitely talk a lot about all the details or, or specific instances, but I we will just leave it at that for yeah. now.
1: Yeah. Darden, is that Olive Garden? It is, Okay. Yes. I thought, I was like, I, thought, I think they have Olive Garden and Breadsticks. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh,
0: yes. <laughs>
1: um, one of the things when I was working in the industry, you know, serving, you're working when everyone else is together eating, right? It's like dinner time, mostly. It, you're the the time to work is the time when other people are gathering spending time together being social and so one of the things and you kind of touched on it is you, you really miss those opportunities to get together with your family and friends during those times during the holidays it seems like you miss out on a lot but I think it what the contrast of that is is as you mentioned it also highlights how you get to affect that for other people and mm-hmm. so you get to be their sort of in some ways tour guide through this experience that they're having of dinner together being together spending time together. And so when you're doing that I and mean, when you're thinking about what you want to do in the future, how does that affect like how you work now? How does that experience of like creating experiences for families and friends affect what you do now?
0: Sure, so I would definitely say that uh, that I love hosting, yeah. um, and whenever I'm hosting, I mean, we just had a, a dinner um, a week ago with our friends, and and <laughs> I had a little, uh, I baked little miniature pumpkin cakes, or like bread for them to take home for the next morning with a little caramel sauce, but then I also had, mm. you know, every piece of the, the experience um, thought out, and yeah. so that, um, throughout the, uh, the the dinner and the evening that they would have um, different uh, experiences yeah. and and leave happy and yeah. um, uh, but so that definitely you know um, has uh, affected me um, I would say though like um, it's not quite answering your question but I would say that um, you know uh, I was younger whenever I was in um, the positions where I was working ex- uh, you know upwards of up to 18 hour days and working uh, six, seven days a week, you know, depending on what the, the, um, the job was. Um, and so now as I get older and I look at, you know, where my trajectory of my future looks, that's kind of also, um, played a role in in Mm -hmm. how I, um, you know, I'm I'm not in, in on the floor every day anymore. You know, I, I've kind of shifted uh, my career path um, and so but I was am happy that I was at least hopefully able to because a lot of times when I was in management and I did have um, team members that had families to go home to that I didn't mind because especially when I was traveling you know I was like I'm alone anyways yeah. you know you go spend time with your family um, and I think it's like kind of one of those things that it's kind of that like Um, You know, pay it forward kind of thing. It's like eventually, you know, I'll be in that um, position where I might need to take um, some time, or I might, um, you know, need those moments. So, um, so I think that that was um, important, but it definitely is an important factor now as I look at uh, my future as well, and and, you know, understanding that I cannot commit to the hours that. that, um, it's not always required, but that I felt obligated to do because yeah. I, um, really wanted to support, uh, my team and the companies, um, that I was working with, um, and, and that kind of thing.
1: So, yeah. Uh, did you think of yourself as an entrepreneur? Was this something that like you had in you for a while, or is it something that kind of worked out that way? Or, or I mean, if you look back in the, at those times, would you have thought that someday you would be an entrepreneur?
0: Um... It's hard to. I'm not sure, honestly, if I like to try to remember. Um, at the time, I was so caught up in. Um, I, mean, I was pretty happy working in corporate, and there was a yeah. um, each you know couple of years that was you know making it into a, a higher level you know, um, and and that kind of thing. I think really what changed for me was actually. Um, Spending more time with Italians, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> and um, and that's actually you know what impacted part, part of of uh, Justin Joy um, was that bef- before I um, spent uh, a significant time with Italians and and, and met my partner, um, I you know I was opening the restaurants at the Conrad downtown um, oh, cool. we had, and so it was uh, a, a very long hours um, with that and you, at a certain point you know and you kind of look back on the last 10 years and realize that um, you keep telling yourself that once I get into a certain position or a certain moment yeah. I will then I will be able to to have a more balanced life, yeah, yeah. um, but it doesn't happen <laughs> or at least it didn't happen for me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and also, you know, prior to that, like I didn't see anything outside of work. Mm. If you are spending all of your time at work and, and that is your life, you You don't necessarily miss it but then once you are started introduced to um and see what life could be like and seeing how people are managing to be able to um work um and that's just a part of their life and um they have this um other aspect outside of it as well and you know sometimes those two can merge together in some ways um but that you're allowing time for yourself for your loved ones and um for uh um, but yeah so uh that's kind of like when i i think i shifted over and actually he is also the one that's always pushed me to do more um see outside of what um i might see ahead of me yeah and and allowing me opportunities to grow and um, challenging me. He's constantly challenging me awesome. to learn new skills and to to do better. So it was, I think that was really the other turning point was um, um, at, uh, whenever uh, my partner and I connected in yeah. and he um, let me see what what, uh, what other options were out there.
1: Yeah, we, we usually hear from people that their family, whether it's their partner, whether it's their parents, you know, their kids even, how their support really made a big difference in their ability to do what they're doing. And for you, it sounds like it's much the same. Um, How did the rest of your family kind of come around this? How did they receive the idea of you going into this uh, industry?
0: Oh, um, well, they were very excited. Um, Anytime, I mean, I am very fortunate to have a very supportive family, no matter what I've done. Um, They, the amount of love that they show to me, and the amount of support, and um, just uh, knowing that at any moment if I were to call them, um, they would be they would answer, and any of any member of my family would yeah. would be there to to help me. So um, I, I am very fortunate in that um, regard that that I do have a very supportive and loving family, and and um, have um, all my life, which has certainly impacted you know, allowed me to be in the positions that I have had and, and to grow and and feel uh, the confidence in, in pushing myself as well. So certainly I, you know, um, I mentioned my partner, but of course, you know, to get to that point, even, you know, that was just like for the entrepreneurship piece of it, but everything else, you know, my, my, my family never made me feel that I could not accomplish anything that I, that I put my mind to and and effort and, and heart.
1: Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Do you remember from the first idea of let's make some wine to having a bottle in your hands? That timeline. Do you do you remember how long that was?
0: Um, so it was kind of um, you know it's one of those things that you kind of like throw out there um, through like in uh, throughout the years and then it was just like you know kind of one of those things like maybe <laughs> this could be interesting. Yeah. Um, but. Um, I think uh, really it was a couple years before we launched that we really started to you know get into the grind and yeah. start to have it come to fruition. Um, we yeah. love Italian uh, wine. We love the quality. We love the the stories. We love the producers. Um, but we did feel that there was a large part of the market that was being left out. That mm-hmm. um, it didn't have to, or you could have something fun and, um, innovative and, and poppy and, yeah. um, that it didn't have to be something serious and, um, not that Italian wine specifically is in this way, but I think the wine industry as a whole has kind of had a little bit of an exclusivity, um, stamp on it, which I didn't really appreciate even in, in my work in hospitality. Um, I felt that every, wine could be for everyone and, and, um, just, uh, because it is more fun or maybe it's less expensive or these kinds of things doesn't mean that um, it is any less um uh, a product or any that someone is less because of that, you know, yeah. um, and so we wanted to combine the two things that it could be really high quality. Um, actually, our uh, we submitted our Prosecco for USA wine ratings, got 87 points, we submitted our Prosecco Rose for, for Global Sparkling Masters, got a silver rating as well. Um, so that it can be very high quality, but also uh, fun yeah. and, and something new and something that you can, uh, uh, grow into and and those kinds of things
1: it was really accessible and that's what i really liked about it it was it was like it was nice on the palate but also like you you feel like people can enjoy it if you don't have to feel like oh i this i'm this wine is too sophisticated for me it's it's a very enjoyable wine because i think it's so accessible in so many ways it's not you know talk about price point talk about taste talk about um just the, the the feel of the wine i think in a lot of ways, when I when I was able to have it there at the event, it was like, oh, this is nice. And I feel like this is something I could just drink, whether at home or in a restaurant or anywhere, really.
0: Absolutely, yes. You know, we wanted it to be something that, like, you can't go wrong with it. Um, if you need to, like, oh, no, I got to go grab a, a gift or, or, you know, a bottle of wine on my way to a, whether it's a dinner party where maybe connoisseurs will be there, yeah. or just a fun party that you can be pretty well assured that everyone will enjoy it. Um, but also like you mentioned that it pops off the shelf is something that allows yeah. you to feel comfortable walking down the wine aisle, which can seem very intimidating, yeah. um, especially old world wines. Um, and that it's, you know, so it pops off the shelf and um, so you can know that if you grab one of our wines, uh, you'll be in, in good hands. And, um, and that we also chose to start with varietals or or styles of wine that people were likely to be familiar with. Mm -hmm. So Prosecco um, is uh, very well known in the U.S., Uh, Pinot Grigio as well, and then of course Rosé, um, even with the Rosé uh, name. um, I Usually it's called Rosato. Um, I chose to call it Rosé because I felt that that's something that people are used to hearing. A Rosato, people might be like, what does that mean? What yeah. exactly is that? Um, so certainly, all of those pieces we uh, considered. Um, as you mentioned, price point, we did want to keep it around that twenty dollars uh, price. Uh, generally speaking, um, it's about twenty one ninety nine for the Prosecco Rosé and nineteen ninety nine for the Prosecco, depending, of course, where you go. Mm-hmm. So that was important to us. Our still wines are around the sixteen seventeen ninety nine range, and um, and then also we did want it to be uh, a lifestyle brand as well. So that was a big part um, that people can be connected with it, even if they don't drink wine. Mm. Um, so we partner with artists, musicians, wow. other local businesses um, to host events and other you know pop-ups to allow people to engage and mm, just enjoy yeah. the moment uh, because that's really what we want to focus on. It's the moment, the people you're with and not necessarily um being able to tell the nuances of fruit or minerality yeah. or or other aspects of the wine you know it's, it's about enjoyment and and that kind of ties back to that Italian um, lifestyle that uh, they do really try to be in the moment yeah. to enjoy uh, the people that they're with and and so yeah uh,
1: it lands to the name mm, just enjoy it's like you know have your experience with it we just want you to enjoy that experience whatever it is
0: absolutely and I think um, also whenever once someone takes a sip then the the name makes even more sense yeah. because you take a sip and you kind of want to go, hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it makes uh, a little bit more sense. Yeah. Uh, and that's like kind of whenever it kind of comes full circle and, and yeah. people uh, understand it. So That has to
1: be a good feeling for you when they really connect with it. They really understand it and they really enjoy it. That has to be a good feeling for you.
0: Absolutely. I mean, this year has been a lot of like market research, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you have your statistics um, that you go off of whenever you're launching. But at the end of the day, um, that doesn't always translate or you might have certain ideas of how things are going to go uh, but it's once you're out in the market talking to individuals uh, that you really see how yeah. the, the the product will perform and um you know we were just at a, a dom's old town uh, this past weekend oh, yeah. to, opened up and um you know uh the clientele there they uh were just right on target it's like you don't have to um say much they just see it yeah. Um, they get excited about it. You tell uh, a couple notes about it. Um, uh, I also appreciate that in Chicago they really love supporting local and, yeah. and women-owned, so that's uh, really great. And um, and then so yeah, so they just get excited. I remember we had sold out pretty quickly, and but I was still doing tastings because I still had my the rest of my tasting bottle, and um, and so they were like a little uh, you know disappointed, and I was like you yeah, know on Tuesday we're back in stock. <laughs> Uh, but then one of the, uh, the workers found the bottle and the, and the, um, the girls were so excited. They were yes. like, thank you so much. <laughs> um, so that's really like heartwarming. And I would also say the creative community, um, has been re- really receptive with it. Um, whenever I pull out a, a bottle and someone gets, they just like, oh my gosh, I love that. Uh, without even, you know, having tried, tried the products, just yeah. getting excited because the bottle is unique and different and something fresh and, and, uh, new, um, That's really exciting for me. Um, So, yeah.
1: I know that you have some varietals right now. Um, Are there others that you want to add or that you plan on adding later on in the coming years?
0: We do. Um, for next year, you know, we, we launched in mid april but we weren't sure when our uh, wines would arrive um, due to various um, logistical uh, situations. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and this year, as I mentioned, was a lot of market research. So we look forward to going into uh, the next year um, with all this uh, knowledge and experience and really uh, going strong with the rivals that we have. And then um, hopefully in 2024, we can add a red wine or two or maybe, you know, we'll even um, add some other whites or, or something like that. So
1: Yeah, I think that's a lesson in of itself. Just do what you can when you can. You don't have to do everything right away. You don't have to have you know, all these red wines and white wines and sparklings. But it, just do what you can when you can. Do what makes
0: sense. Absolutely, you know, uh, we have a lot of people, of course, especially as we go into the winter. You know, um, wishing that we had a red, and yeah. and, um, and I understand that, uh, but I, you know, understanding your capacity, and also uh, we yeah. didn't want to launch too many things and under and then find out that what we anticipated was incorrect and then, Mm. you know, you have excess inventory or, you know, it didn't uh, align with with what your guests were looking for. So, you know, I think sometimes slow and strategic is is the way to go to make sure that uh, you continue to grow in a a, um, sustainable way. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a great thought. Where can people get this wine? I know they're gonna to wanna to try it. Yes, I yes. tried it, it's amazing. Where um, can they get it? So
0: currently we are in the Chicagoland area. We are um, in some, a few suburban areas, um, but you can go on to enjoymm.com and click on find us. We're about in about 25 different uh, local shops um, as well as some different restaurants as well. Uh, We do have a shop, uh, shop shop.enjoymm.com as well. Um, And hopefully uh, here in the next couple months, we'll be able to ship to several other states. Uh, We're in process right now um, with uh, being able to make that happen.
1: Yeah. I meant to ask you too. um, I mean, we know a little bit about it, but like how does Chicago sort of, how does this this wine like say Chicago? What is it about like the wine in Chicago that kind of paired together to make the product?
0: Sure, um, yeah, we actually even made a couple of uh, merch that we might be um, in, in end up styling as a Chicago-style Italian quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, because um, even whenever I told, um, I, I was working with our uh, producer and explaining that it needed to be holographic because everything has to be um, done overseas uh, yeah. in Italy. Um, and they were like, but we don't do holographic <laughs> on. <laughs> um, no, but, um, you know, I think that uh, Chicago is always uh, innovative and looking for something new and fresh. But also, I I like that the the bottles also have a bit of a nostalgia as well, depending on when you grew up, you know some people might um, reference uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show or The Rolling Stones. Oh, okay. even, yeah, yeah. even though it's, you know, like there's some differences in it, it's just, you know, it, it brings something to. And I think uh, with that nostalgia, um, kind of, uh, is like really booming right now. Yeah, yeah. That um, we're we're looking for ways to connect to that, but also in a fresh and, and new way. Yeah. Um. So I think uh, that that definitely um, resonates. Um. And then there's some some uh, good uh, music scene here as well, so I think uh, the holographic could kind of yeah. go well with that. For sure. It
1: really does go way beyond the wine, especially on the creative side. You can see whether the creative aspect of, of you, of I'm sure your partner, of um, the, the business and the industry really come through. In this product so it's not just like you're having a glass of wine but you're really experiencing a whole creative process
0: absolutely yes Um, it it was a a, a process for sure Um, to emboss like the labels with a holographic film and these kinds of things was um, was a a, a feat a little bit Um, It was something that they were you know um, the printing companies that we were working with they were having to do a lot of trial and error before (laughs) to be able to do it Um, but yes that is what I hope I hope that uh, people are able to experience it in multiple ways ways and, and be stimulated um, in, in uh, various, you know, like with their site, with yeah. you open it up, that's the sound, yeah. of course the flavor. Get all the all, senses exactly, in there. Exactly. All the senses. Yeah.
1: You can feel it on your tongue. I mm-hmm. think it's really nice. Um, give us the website again.
0: Yes. It's enjoymmm.com
1: Yeah. Make sure you go to that website and check them out. You can purchase the wine there on their shop, or you can find out where to get it in your local shops. Um, we'll also have all that information on our website, www.bridgingchicago.com, all the places that you can find the wine and where you can listen to this episode and all of our other episodes. So far this year, we're getting we're wrapping up this season here, our our fifth season of the podcast, and it's been great. Getting to talk to people like you, Molly, getting to talk to people like Teresa at Sugar Bliss has just been amazing. That's really the reason why we like to do what we do, to highlight businesses like yours, um, like Teresa at Sugar Bliss, um, businesses that are really the heartbeat of Chicago. Like you said, Chicago loves to, to support its businesses, and so that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. That's why Season 5 has meant so much to us. So I just want to thank you for, for coming on and for sharing that with us.
0: No, thank you. I feel very honored to um, to have been invited and to be able to speak with you today. And um, I just was going to make one more note about the Chicago and a part uh, that we want to stay connected with Chicago. And so whenever we are hosting events, we uh, try to incorporate in a nonprofit. Yeah. Um, so uh, we've uh, worked with Institute for Nonviolence a couple times. Uh, whenever we did an art pop-up, we were able to uh, uh, loop in Build Chicago. Uh, both organizations doing great things. Uh, Build Chicago has an art program, so we were able to display yeah. their artwork as well of uh, the children. And so uh, we really like uh, being able to be a part of that because they are really um, doing the hard work on the ground yep. every day uh, making uh, Chicago what it is and keeping us uh, safe safe and, and, and everything like
1: that So yeah that's amazing well be sure to check them out and again you can go to www.bridgingchicago.com to find all the ways you can listen to this episode be sure to check us out and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter where our handle is at Bridging Chicago and you can check us out on LinkedIn and Facebook as well Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Bridging Chicago Podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solutions Center. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guest. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of SATC Solutions Center, SATC Law, or any of its employees.